Coming up on your favorite podcast, Happy Festivus, everybody. A Festivus for the rest of us, as uh, Mr. Costanza used to say back in the day. And this is our annual airing of the Grievances Festivus podcast in honor of the Christmas season. We will talk about all the things that we are aggrieved by, uh, whether it's the NFL, and then it'll probably spill into a special Festivus dad talk as well. So it is wall-to-wall airing of grievances plus power rankings, and it starts to get a little bit murkier as far as the Eliminator is concerned. We still got a chance at this thing. And so we're going to try to make sure we make a good choice for Eliminator this week. And we've got a couple of good candidates, we think. So, Ryan, Zach, me, Festivus. we got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. Next on the pod. Hey! It's the Tim Anderson Podcast. I'm Tim. That is my buddy Rhino over there on his computer waving at me saying hello. Good to see Rhino. Good to see you, my friend. Good to be here. Very nice. It was cold enough today. It was nice to actually see you wearing pants at speech practice. That was very encouraging. I appreciate that. Well done. Well, you know, you get to 30 years old and your wife starts telling you that you got to you got to do things a certain way. So. Yeah. Got to clean things up a little bit. Got to wear pants. Got to got to wear closed-toed <laughs> shoes in the wintertime. Stop screwing around. Honestly, it's bullshit, but whatever. Oh, whatever keeps her happy. I'll do it. Fine. I, I appreciate that. And a guy who never has to get told to wear pants. Zach Knee Neighbor, the coach, the coordinator. He's over there on the other side. Zach, good to have you on the pod this evening. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, Tim. How are you? Ah, just you know, dandy. Thanks. You know, I took a stab at cooking tonight. Maybe I'll save this for dad talk, but I'll just throw it out there. I made tater tot hot dish tonight. Four, four ingredients, but I pulled it off. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week, right? That's the way I saw it. And all, all I could think about was this. Go Broncos country. Let's ride, baby. <laughs> I'd like to, let, uh, let I'd like to hear your ingredients at the end because that's a debate in our house. It's a good conversation to have. I kept it real simple this time, uh, but I'm certainly open to adding things to it. But we'll save that for dad talk. Tonight, guys, is a very special episode of the podcast. It is our annual Festivus pod. Uh, We've done this, I think, every year since we've been doing this podcast, every year around this time of the NFL season, where we like to do a little airing of grievances, which we will get to shortly. But first, playoff picture starting to take shape. There's a lot to talk about from this week because we had games on Thursday night. We had games Saturday. We had games Sunday. We've got a game going on right now. I feel like this has been the longest week. Isn't it been the longest week of football in the history of the world here? It feels like this week's gone forever. It just, it reminds me of Asante Shenko. Yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday night, night, Wednesday, don't matter where it is. Uh, Vasante Shenko, for those of you who listen, you know, Google him. He's great. Uh, One of our, one of my favorite Vikings. I love Vasante Shenko. I was, I was a Shenko. Also has a huge schlong. That's what they've said. That's the word. (laughs) Jesus Christ. There goes our PG rating again. <laughs> there it is again. Ryan just always two minutes into the pod totally ruins it. Of yeah, the word Ryan's is in, the one who knows. In 2009, the word is Vish- uh, Shanko caught 35 balls and his penis caught the other 25, 30 from far of that year. It was very, he was well, very sure-handed. Very everybody, sure-handed. Everybody got uh, got all up in arms when he couldn't catch the ball. They didn't realize he was just tucking it into his glove because that's the only place it would fit. <laughs> oh Jesus. 
Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't know we were going to do this on Monday night, but here we are. Anyway, um, well, you brought Walk it up, away, Zach. Folks. You brought up Fasante Shanko, so I guess you had to didn't bring up his dong. No, that's true. He didn't do that. That's fair. <laughs> Buckle in, folks. It's going to be one of those podcasts. Yeah, shame on you. But anyway, it all started on Thursday night, Zach. It started with Easton Stick uh, heading to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, a team that was shut out four days earlier by the Vikings, and the Raiders hung 63 and summarily dismissed Brandon Staley. Staley was fired the next morning by the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim. Um, now... Like it started there can you, and it only got a little weirder from there, but take you all the way back to the Staley firing. I think this is something that Ryan and I and you have talked about multiple times in this podcast, but it finally happened. Um, sets the table for a lot of rumor. It's already happened over the weekend. A lot of talk of Belichick and other things like that, but where do you come down on the whole chargers thing? And where do you think it goes from here? Well, it's been a, a mess, and I think there's a lot of what-if questions the last few years, the way they handled things, um, you know, some of the different approaches they had in playoff games and must-win games, and um, it, it it wasn't good. It wasn't good. My favorite uh, tweet from the night, though, was uh, somebody, somebody tweeted, like, just so we're all aware, Antonio Pierce coached a high school team that won their game 99 to nine once. So don't expect them to let up. <laughs> he, did. He, did. he did not. He did not. He, he pummeled them and went for the throat. Um, and good for him. You know, I think he's, he's coaching for a job right now. He, he wants to be the guy in charge. And I've seen people say he's the right guy for it, but I think people said that about Versace last time too. And he was very quickly, dismissed as well and I think he's three and three in the interim right now right so like he's you know five up there three up three down he's played okay you know they've had good days bad days but that's to be expected with a rookie quarterback too right like he's done a lot of decent stuff with a rookie QB yeah I just I don't know in that division um Aiden O'Connell doesn't do much for me doesn't do much for me either I think that I think that this is a they have to probably retool again next year and that's not a great place to be in. Hey Ryan, let me ask you this because with Staley uh I I kind of have a theory on this and I don't know if you can agree and Zach feel free to jump back in in a minute, but Ryan, let me ask you this first. If you lose a big game, like a, a, you blow a huge lead in the playoffs, I would argue that you almost have to be fired if you lose it because it just feels like there's no coming back from it. Dan Quinn, you throw in this this loss to the Jags last year in the playoffs. Um, the Oilers were never the same after they lost to the Bills, right? The Oilers basically moved as a result, right? They, it, there was problems there. It just feels like we can go back and pinpoint Dennis Green after 41 donut. Now, granted, that was not a big coughing up a big lead per se. That was just getting blown out from day one, but it just feels like bad playoff losses where either you lost a big lead or you were just blown out. It just feels like there's no coming back from that. Is that kind of what happened to Staley here? Well, I think the problems with Staley were known before they lost that playoff game where, you know, we were asking questions, I think in his first year about whether or not we could really trust this guy as a head coach in the NFL and whether or not the chargers had made, the right call 
I, I do think that there's there's something to it, right? Where you, you lose a playoff game like that and you kind of lose the locker room. I think the other side of that is just the natural turnover of a roster after a playoff loss like that, that teams can overreact a little bit. Um, you know, the same way that teams can overreact after a bad regular season loss, right? Like I think we can, we can probably agree that the Vikings cutting Daniel Carlson is an overreaction that has come back to bite them a couple of times on this, right? So there's, you know, things like that happen in the league. Uh, I, I think that there's a number of in-season coach firings that are probably overreactions. This feels like it was about right for that, right? I mean, it's how many times have we talked about Brandon Staley probably shouldn't be the coach of the Chargers in the last couple of years? When, when did they blow their big playoff lead? Last last week, your last year, I mean. In last the, the Jags was the wild card, card round of last the, year. Right, okay, so the, in the year before that was when they needed a tie to get in. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't, right? They, lot, they ended up losing. Yep. They could have won or tied. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot, right? You said the questions last year, the what ifs from that Sunday night game that just went completely haywire at the end um, in overtime, right? Yeah. I, I just think it's a, a missed opportunity. Um, he probably ends up as a defensive coordinator somewhere next year, but. Uh, well, and, and the, the rumor is, you know, the reporting, I shouldn't say the rumor because it was reported by the athletic. But the reporting is that you know, this the the time bomb for Staley started with the loss in Green Bay. That well, the reaction to the press of I'm calling the defenses. Right, you and don't that, have to ask anymore. It's like, well, if you give up 63 and you're calling the defenses, all right, we're not asking anymore. Right, and he, you know, he had this, the report started there that he had lost the locker room, and that you know that the team didn't really feel like they had much of a shot. And then Herbert goes down, and they have that horrible showing on. On Thursday night, I don't. You you just can't keep him. Yeah, you just you just can't. And then Zach, word gets out, and I think this might have been slightly before the Thursday night game, but definitely picked up steam as the weekend went along. That the forty nine that the New England Patriots have all but decided Belichick's fired. We talked about this a little last Monday on the pod. Then, of course, obviously Staley gets fired. Here comes the additional rumors of Bill Belichick going to LA, going to Washington. Those rumors have only ramped up from there. Uh, So it sounds like he's out. The word on the street from like Adam Schefter and stuff is that there could be anywhere from eight to maybe even 10 coaching openings at the end of this season, not to mention all the different coordinators. Like we're pretty convinced Joe Barry's not coming back in Green Bay. We're pretty much convinced that there's going to be some other coordinators getting jettisoned out of here uh, in due time. Uh, how many do you see and do you buy a lot of this Belichick movement stuff? Or do you think that we're still so much there that we don't know? I I think that number is going to be a little high, but I'm always a believer that if, if you're going to enter the next season with your head coach on the hot seat right away, then you probably should have made the move in the off season. I agree. Right. When has that ever worked out that you brought the coach back, but he's on the hot seat, you know? We, we see it a lot, too, where teams come in and they fire their coach in week three or four. And it's like, well, what the hell? Like, why why did you bring him back to begin with then? I would so agree. I, I, I could see, you know, some of those questionable ones being up there. Um, I don't think that everyone is going to get fired. Uh, you know, there there's people that have come up in, in rumors. I don't think they're all going to go, but we'll see. 
Is Green Bay excited to hire Brandon Staley as the defensive coordinator next year? Like, I know at owners' meetings, have you had conversations about that? <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping the Jets fire Robert Sala, and then you can get him. Oh, yeah. I like maybe, that. Maybe Bill wants to come in and just be the be the defensive coordinator, not have the stress of head coach and GM. Anymore. He doesn't want to talk to the press anymore. He just yeah. wants to call defenses and just let him do his thing. I you would take him. Would you take you would take him to be the D coordinator, wouldn't you? You would have Absolutely. no problem with that. Would you take Antonio Pierce and just stay with the interim Raiders job, guys? Just get all the guys that have been fired by the Raiders to be coaches on your staff. That would be great. Pit boss Rich and Velvet Rope at Antonio Pierce all on the coaching staff of Matt. LaFleur I think uh, any sort of movement at defensive coordinator would get me excited at this point. <laughs> I mean, if Joe Barry decided to wake up from his nap, I think Zach would be excited at this point. That would be thrilling, wouldn't it? Then it gets us to Saturday where we had some interesting storylines, guys. We'll hit these really quick. And I'll save Minnesota for just a second because I just want to breeze through. The Colts just destroyed, uh, utterly destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now all of a sudden, I'm like legitimately wondering if Mike Tomlin's in trouble. I've never thought that before. I've never been on that camp, but that was that wasn't good. Um and then on in the Denver-Detroit game, all of Ryan's hopes of Detroit falling apart were greatly put to bed quickly and a demolishing of the Broncos. Boy, the Broncos and look bad in that game. Broncos look bad. Sean Payton's yelling at Russ. And then the, the piece de resistance, the Vikings uh, cough up a lead in the fourth quarter to the Bengals. They end up losing in overtime. Jake Browning to the sidelines, yelling, throwing his helmet down. You shouldn't have cut me. You shouldn't have cut me. And a shot to the Vikings. Uh, it clearly he took that personal, courtesy of Michael J- Jordan in the Last Dance. Uh, w- which one of those do you want to talk about, guys? Out of those three, because I thought those were all very compelling, interesting results. Uh, the Bengals one is definitely interesting because it keeps them alive, and it, it makes our eliminator up- better. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> Helped our it, eliminator. It not it did not hurt the Vikings as bad as it could have. No. It's true. Um. The Steelers stuff, you know, that doesn't – they've looked bad recently, right? I think they've lost four of their last five, and they've played backup quarterbacks in four of those games. Um, and the fifth one, they got Kyler Murray just off of his ACL. So I I think that, um, you know, I we, we probably – you could probably go back and listen to the podcast 10 weeks ago, and I said, don't worry about it. Like, Pittsburgh's going to end up 9-8. and eight. It's what they do every year. Yep. And I think that's where they're going to be this year, and – then they'll have to make a decision if they want to keep him or not. But the Steelers don't like to do that. I, they don't like to move on. So I think they're going to keep him. Interesting. Ryan, your thoughts on that Saturday games? Well, I, I mean, the like I said, the Broncos just shit the bed. I mean, it was just a horrible game by the Broncos. Uh, I mean, it, it really goes to show, you know, what was kind of said about them was true that, you know, if you don't turn the ball over in your own side – you know, three, four times a game, they're a pretty beatable team. But we knew that, right? We eliminated them. We we had that pegged. Uh, they just had played some teams that were not playing their best over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the 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 Browning thing is interesting because I mean, he was when he's on, he's throwing really well, mm. right? I mean, and it that's not just one game that we've seen that. It's not just the Minnesota game where he's motivated. He's looked pretty good. Uh, outside of some some bad drives and a couple of bad quarters, but uh, that that offense hasn't been awful with him at the helm. So 
I, I thought it was interesting because I watched parts of that game. And I asked you about the weather at one point when I was listening to it. But, like, I did it not seem like when Nick Mullins threw the ball, he was throwing it into 30-mile-an-hour wind? I think like, that's just Nick Mullins. I yeah, I agree. I agree. Like I've come away with that. Like it just it just like it, it just wasn't getting there. It just um, kind of droops. Right. Reminds me of Chad Pennington, right? It's like okay, that's that's it's not the weather because Browning was ripping it. I think all over the field. Yeah. So uh, Mullins finished with 300 yards and he only missed like eight passes. He was like, what is he 24 for 32 something like no, that? I agree, but he'd throw those five yard outs and it's like it. it yeah, just, and. And that stat line is not indicative of the problems with with Mullins, which are he made some really horrible boneheaded decisions that lost the Vikings that game. Was was and, that interception the shortest interception thrown in NFL history? It might. I don't know. It might have been. Well, the one to East that Easton stick through to the Raider on the little oh, bubble that screen. That one might be a sick. negative one yard. I mean, that might might be the shortest, which yeah, might have been the coolest but, play like, ever. That was literally like tackling him. <laughs> and he yes. threw it into his stomach. Like I, I just want to know where where did we go with this? Where taking the sack as opposed to protecting the ball was no longer an acceptable option, right? When where where did this come from? Because we saw Trevor Lawrence do it last night yep. in the Sunday night game. Yeah, Lawrence was we, not that was bad. We see we see Mullins and Dobbs doing it for the Vikings all year this year. Right, that's a that's a consistent coaching issue. Kirk Cousins had an issue with that a couple of years ago, where he was doing that. Is this the Patrick Mahomes effect, where guys are just trying to make too much out of nothing? I also they're think not, they're not content just to take an acceptable loss. When Don't you, you think this you is part of your analytics conversation, though, Ryan? Where they maybe the guys are saying you got to throw it away, you got to get rid of it, got to throw it, can't hang on to it, you know that kind of thing. I, understand I get the that this is an analytics piece. I understand wanting to get rid of the ball, right? But at some point you've lost and it's okay to accept the loss, move on and live to fight another day. I'd rather have it be third and 17 and have the ball than, you know, try to get it back to third and 10 and and you 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 turn the ball over cuz what's what's the other outcome if if that ball's not intercepted? It's intentional grounding, it's third and 15, you lost the down, you lost the yards anyway. Just take the sack. Don't take the risk, right? At some point, at some point, this is a coaching mistake where guys are not being coached to just to just accept that that sometimes you're going to lose. I agree. I think that's part of it's what what Tom Brady touched on. There's there's some bad quarterback play and bad coaching of the quarterback right now in the NFL. Um, and the other part of that too is right. Like if you're if you're in third and fifteen. We know, especially if you're playing the Green Bay Packers, you just throw a little wide receiver screen and no one will tackle and it'll go for 25 yards. So it's not even an issue. <laughs> Baker Mayfield did look like, uh, I mean, he, he looked like like vintage Tom Brady on 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 Sunday. He, he couldn't be stopped on that Packers defense. I've never seen Baker look so good. I never have. Um, Ryan, are you calling for Kevin O'Connell's job? No, no. Several Viking fans I know emailed look. me and said, I'm calling for his job. Let me tell you this. If there's one constant that we can glean from the years of having been in this town and watching these fans, it's that Vikings fans are endlessly stupid. <laughs> they are they are reactionary, fragile glass babies that cannot cope with the fact that their team hasn't won a championship yet. And look, I'm guilty of it too. All right? But the fact is, you've got a second-year head coach 
All right, a second who's younger year than coach. you. Who's younger than you? That's not true. Oh, he's a he's he's Pretty five close. years old. He's six six seven years older than me. Really? I think All he's right? younger than me. Might be younger than me he, and Zach though. I think he's thirty seven. Yeah, he's way younger than me and Zach. Uh, you have a second year head coach. All right, just like you need to give your quarterback time to develop. There's some development that needs to happen at the helm here. I agree right? with that. I agree. There's 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 a difference between being an assistant coach and being a head coach. It's a huge jump, and it's an even bigger jump at this level. You got to give the guy time to figure it out a little bit. And look, the good has been really good. The bad has been pretty bad. It's not as catastrophic as Vikings fans want to make it out to be, right? Has he made some mistakes? Sure. But he didn't ask Nick Mullins to put that ball on the guy's lap, right? That's not what he's coaching him to do. Let's remember that we're on our, what, fourth, fifth quarterback of the year right now, right? This is not this is not where we wanted the year to be. That's not what, what he designed this offense to do. And you, you got to roll with the guys you got. He's doing that. And it, it look. They're in a playoff hunt where their quarterback tore their Achilles. We could be the New York Jets right now. Let's settle down on calling for a guy's job. It it should be noted too. It's not against the rules for the defense to get a stop after something. Correct. I I I said it in our text chain, but for all the flowers that have been thrown the defensive coordinator's way, they should give up a lot of late scores in tight games. Well, and and look, he deserves the flowers. Right, I mean, you, you go two two weeks in the NFL without giving up a touchdown. That's a huge deal, right? That's a huge, that's a, a really big accomplishment to do what they did. Now, but he, but he is supposed to be Mister Aggressive. He's supposed to be on blitzing all the time. He feels like he goes into a prevent often when they get any kind I, of lead. New Orleans, was, Cincinnati. I was just about to say that that there is there is some of that to this, right? Where you're up against a backup quarterback and your pressure was working. Right. Halfway through that game, they had him off his spot, right? That, that he was really good in the first quarter. And then he kind of went quiet in the second and third because they were bringing pressure. They were doing a good job of, of kind of getting home on him. You almost felt like, you know, we were waiting for the other shoe to drop that he was going to throw a pick. Right. And he did at one point, but that, you know, that the pressure was getting to him. And then the pressure stopped when the Vikings were up in the fourth quarter. Part of that makes me wonder if that's a head coach call, Maybe. right? Because he gets so conservative offensively there and I think that's what O'Connell needs to figure out but that's a lesson that gets learned that's not a that's not a fireable offense unless it's happening year after year after year yeah I don't think we're I would call him for his head I'm just you no, know I was just hearing I was relaying the what I was their, getting their, la- their last three losses they've had the lead in the fourth quarter and blown it yeah yeah it's true and, and I'll, I'll say this too you have the lead great I, I'll, I don't think you lose those games if Kirk Cousins is playing quarterback I, I don't. That's I probably win the Bears the Vikings, game on Monday. The Vikings do kind of go in a shell offensively too with the lead late. That's sure, their... but you've got you've got a quarterback there who knows how to take yep. care of the ball and no, move no, the ball. I, I agree. I agree. I, I I would put it more on the defense and say, it's, like I said, it's not against the rules for you to get a stop. Let yeah. me ask you that, Zach. Like you're a D coordinator. Is there like a pre? Do you? I mean, how do you how do you marry those ideas of like I want to not give up big plays and quick scores versus I want to keep the pressure on? Uh, like when you guys, you know, like I know that your your defense sometimes get asked to do a little too much, but how much do you wrestle with getting aggressive versus holding back, or how do you find those things? 
Well, I I don't know how many company secrets I want to give away here. No, you don't have to do that. Um, I mean, if you if you don't want to, you don't have to. I, I'm I'd just say, wondering like a general rule of thumb, maybe. I, I'd you. say this. I tend to be to play more coverage on first the first play of the drive. Try to get a tackle in bounds and speed you up, and then we'll start pressuring. Hmm. That's that's been my general um, rule of thumb, and when we've had it. Um, I mean, let, let's be honest here. We've made, we've made, you know, we had two of our wins this year. We, we had a stop in the final drive. I mean, we, we won one score games. Um, and we've had a lot of those over the years. Um, and it's worked out pretty well for us, I think. Um, and just my general theory is like when you're coming on your first play, like you have time, you're not in a hurry to snap the ball. They're reading things better. So I think you can play more coverage, right? Try to get that tackle. And then as things are getting sped up, now obviously professional teams are much better at speeding up than a high school team is. So there's definitely some nuance there. But that's just kind of how I've approached it, I think. Well, and I think that that, that speed, you know, it, it kind of brings in an, an inherent pressure with it, right? Where, you know, you have to you have to focus quickly and not make mistakes so people are naturally going to make mistakes and you can have a set of cascading failures in those situations if you apply pressure in a pressure situation so it it really it sets the offense in a in a win or die sort of place where you know if you if you bring that pressure on second and third down with the clock running and they have to score you know that offensive lineman that wasn't able to get you know go through his whole process pre-snap you know, now he's out of his mind, right? You know, that, that defensive end can create more pressure on the quarterback and the quarterback is under pressure. So he throws it up and the wide receiver has to make the catch. Everybody's under more pressure in that situation. Then my theory is that everybody's best friends in the NFL now, and nobody wants to embarrass anybody. And so like, if a lead gets two, three scores, they're like, okay, you know, hang on now. I don't want to put, I want to go up by five scores, six scores and embarrass this guy because we're friends. And you know, I kind of, I kind of long for the days of when the coaches didn't talk to each other and everybody hated each other kind of want to go back to that because it seems like then there's no there's less willingness to go to a prevent you're more like nah it's the old like Bo Schembechler couldn't go for three wanted to go for two couldn't had to go couldn't couldn't go for three so I had to go for two instead um I kind of want to that philosophy is something that I think might be lost in this as well so just a thought gentlemen it is time we've gone 25 minutes and we didn't even get to the Sunday games where Dallas got absolutely throttled which by the way Zach you you called it Dallas is a fraud let's just let's just say it if they're at home, they're a very good team on the road. Very beatable. Jacksonville is 500 in the United States. They're 2-0 in Europe, but they're they're a 500 team in the United States, so they're not very good. Um, it really does look like San Francisco and about 12 others. That's kind of what it looks like right now. Um, but we'll keep it up. It is time for the annual, the fourth annual Festivus airing of grievances. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. That's right. We let everybody know what's going on here. We air out all of the issues we have with the NFL, with college football, hell with pop culture. I don't care. Throw it out there. It is time for the airing of grievances. Zach, I will begin with you. Where do well, you I'm going to start with an obvious one that you probably have all seen coming, but my grievances uh, is with 
Matt LaFleur and his, I don't know if we want to say stubbornness or reluctance or how you want to phrase it to make a change at the defensive coordinator spot. Um, I think that where they are now, like I don't know that changing, changing things can't make it any worse than it's been. Right? When you're getting roasted by the onion for the coverage that you're playing, like you've pretty much hit rock bottom. And this hiring was a questionable hiring from the start, right? You you got the mastermind of the defense that went 0-17. Oh, boy. Um, so I think that I, I have a – I'm like to the point now where it's like I don't even know if I can continue to blame the defensive coordinator. I'm, I'm ready to blame the head coach who's not going to make a move. And I understand that there's there's people who believe in, you know, continuity and 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 things like that and that they don't know that it's going to get any better if they make a move. But I'm telling you right now, it's not going to get any worse. And he's lost the locker room. I think the that's comments fair. Today in the press, he so Matt LaFleur needs to make a decision because if he doesn't right, this is starting to to push into him now. Right. right. Either, either you need to make a move or you need to be on the bus with him. Like, what if it's like a Scooby-Doo episode and they go to Joe Barry? Let's see who you really are. Why? It's Ed Donatel. How did this happen? I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. It's Dom Capers. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Zach would take Dom Capers right now. I don't know. Well, maybe that's maybe that's extreme. I don't know if that's exactly where you're at. Would you take Mike Pettin right now? I There's a lot of guys I would take right now. <laughs> I <would> just, <laughs> like you said, I just, you watch some of the stuff they're doing. And then they come out afterwards, and so I was like, oh, uh, you know, there's a miscommunication. Well, how, how are you having miscommunication in week 16? Yeah. Like, you're, this, that's, that's week one stuff. It can't be happening at this point. So I, it just, it's frustrating um, in the way they're doing it. Like, I try not to get too emotional with it because of, you know, just how, like I said, like I, I didn't expect a lot out of this year and they're playing well and it's, but like once you, like you, they go, so they go hammer the lions and beat the chiefs. You got two winnable games here. You lose them both. They turn around and lose to the giants and like, uh, just frustrating. Very frustrating. That's a good way to start. Good airing of the grievances. Ryan, your first airing of grievances. I think this is a very good, one. good, good job on that one, Zach. Good. Here we go. Ryan, first one. I have a grievance with NFL officiating. This is two in years general. in a row. I think this is general. <laughs> I think this is two they've years done, in a row for Ryan. They've done, they've done nothing to fix the problem. It's gotten markedly worse. I'm about ready to get rid of the rules analysts in the in the booth across the board. They Thank just you. Make, they make the problem worse. Uh, you you can't have Mike Pereira up in the booth saying that's a terrible call. You can't call that. You can't if you want your officials to be trusted. First of all, they got to make more right calls. All right, it's not illegal to get to get it right. Eliminate right? replay. It's 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 not it's not illegal to get it right the first time. All right, it, it's just not. Controversy is okay. All right, I'll say that controversy is okay. I'm I'm okay saying that my team lost and that you know the refs got a call wrong and that that matters. That's a part of the game. But if they can't change it, they can't change it. You got to go with the call on the field. All right. We did it for a long time. We, I think we did that, it for and, years. And I think it, it adds to the lore of games. I think it adds a layer of, of 
you know, something you kind of got to live with and you get, you can't play within that margin or it's going to come back to burn you at some point, right? If, if you're a Juwan Taylor and you're jumping off the line of scrimmage every single play, you're going to get called for false start every once in a while. You're going to get called for not lining up correctly, right? These are things that happen. You can't give the ref an excuse because you want to play in a gray area. That's a risk you run. I think the bigger issue for me is that if you have replay, I expect you to get it right. And there's too many times where they get it wrong and there's no way to change it. And I don't like that. Give me one or the other. That's my biggest grievance with this is, is I want consistency one way or the other, either get everything right to the best, to the best you can, right? Get everything right or get nothing right. And don't be, don't give yourself the ability to change anything. We just got to live with it. It just is what it is. I, I do think the rules analyst discussion is an interesting one because we don't let the players criticize officials. We don't let coaches criticize the officials but we're going to let our TV partners criticize they, officials. They they fined Andy Reid of $100,000 for criticizing the officials. And rightfully yeah, so. Well, he deserved it. I mean, he was a dick. He deserved every bit of that. But but that's that's what I'm saying, right? Like it it just it seems counterintuitive that the way they do it. Um I I think that, you know, it, you make a good point on like it they miss a lot of stuff. What what baffles me too on the commentator side of it things is when they'll be commenting on things and and they they're clearly commenting on the wrong thing or they've got the rule backwards and they don't know what's going like how are you a professional that does this and you don't know what's going on on the field like that shocks me sometimes what baffles me and, and to what hurts the product is they've hired these guys right off the field like Gene Steratore was refing games and then all of a sudden they gave him a lot of money to go sit in the booth and it's like all right well we just got weaker by taking like four of our best referees and putting them on TV to criticize the referees. Like, I'm I, I'm not with it. Like, I, I think it's – I don't agree with it. I don't like it. And, and, again, get rid of replay. And on the flip side of that, Terry McCauley wasn't a good ref when he was a ref. <laughs> Terry McCauley got a shitload of calls wrong. I don't trust Terry McCauley with, with, you know, driving a car down the road. Why would I trust him with the replay? Do you have any idea how many times I watch a Fox broadcast and they bring on Terry McCauley? And he says, this is how I see it. This is the way it should be. And then it goes, it's every time. It's the opposite of what he says. If you want to know what the call is going to be, listen to what Terry McCauley says it should be and go the other way because he's wrong 100% of the time. Well, I think a, a an interesting thing to that is like, if you want to have a rules analyst that can explain, uh, you know, like earlier in this Monday night game, right? There was a punt that when they went to down it, instead of downing it, the guy batted it forward. And there was a flag for it, right? And the announcers didn't quite know what was going on. And then, you're right, you bring in the rules analyst, and he explains, well, you can't just smack the ball forward 10 yards on a punt, even if you are trying to down it. And he wasn't. He just batted it on purpose. Like, that's fine. But to have a guy there to second-guess everything, I you know, I don't like it. What What I would rather have if we're going to have replay as opposed to a rules analyst, give me a live audio feed between the referee and the replay official. Give me the mm. live audio of isn't, what isn't they're that talking an XFL about. Feature? Is it, I don't know if it is. It might be. I believe it is. To, to me, that tells me this is what they're looking at. Here's why this is taking so long. Here's a live update on what's going on. We can hear them talking, the rule they're looking at. Here's what they see. Here's their explanation. And when I hear that and I see what they're seeing, now I can say, okay, we're on the same page. I might not agree with you, but at least it's a transparent, understandable process. 
This is one thing I did like about golf. Like golf does do well on their TV broadcast is the rules guys not there to interpret what the rule is. They're just there to say, yeah, they're looking at this rule specifically and they're going to make a call on that one way or the other. But this is the rule that's being questioned at the moment. That's it. And this then is, they go, oh, that's it. They leave. That's it. They just leads, go and say, this is the rule. And then we're out. This leads to a whole different grievance that I have with NFL broadcasting. But hold, hold on the, one second. Tim, you can't take the high road on golf when guys sitting at home call penalties. Oh, I hate it. No, don't get me wrong. But I mean, when they have a rules official in the studio, they simply ask the rules official, what are they reviewing in this moment? Can you say it? And they say, yeah, they're looking at rule 1115 about embedded ball or whatever it is. And that's that. They don't try to comment on whether or not it should be called embedded or anything. They don't make any judgments. They just relay the rules. And that's all it is. And if that's what they wanted to hire Terry McCauley to do or Gene Steratore to do, fine. If they want to say, yeah, here's the rule. Technically, let me tell you what it, it means, rule of the law, and leave it alone at that. Like, let just, people make their own call after that. But let's not let's stop with trying to make superstars out of these referees. I'm just saying save your money, right? You I'm don't a big believer that. in that. Just, just give me the live feed, right? If you, if you have to have replay, give me the live feed. Now, what I was going to say is that this leads into a whole other grievance I have with NFL broadcasting. Hold it. Is- I got, I'm going to get into it with you, but I got to get a grievance in. Right, and then I'm going to let you have second grievance back. We'll snake it back. Okay. Because you and me may be on the similar track. You talked about TV. Here's my TV grievance. Let me give it to you real quick. Uh, Thursday Night Football is not working. It's not working. It's bad. Uh, it's bad for, bad for the league. It's a bad product. And Al Michaels needs to be retired. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. You cannot have a guy in his 70s who's bored to be there, who thinks he's above working bad football games. You're not above working bad football games. You're lucky to have a job, all right? Are you in Cooperstown? Yes, you are. Are you in K- Whatever. You're one of the great broadcasters, but it's over. You either got to accept these games and do them to the best of your ability or stay home, right? They're paying you a lot of money, uh, and they're not paying you a lot of money to talk, you know, talk shit about the product and talk about other people. Your job is to call the game, and if you can't do it, Get Kevin Harlan in there. Get somebody in here who's going to do the job and do it well. Uh, but on the field, the product's terrible. The Thursday night thing hasn't worked. There has to be a better way to do this, especially with all the in- injuries that are mounting up. Uh, I don't need the Thursday night game personally. It's there. I'll watch it if it's good. But more often than not, I find that I cannot watch the Thursday night game and be just fine. So the Thursday night game is not working. It's my airing of grievance. I'd like to see it go away. I'll just keep it real simple there. My television grievance is this specifically with NFL broadcasting, but really with a lot of sports broadcasting. I don't know where we started with this thing where maybe it's the Tony Romo effect where the guys have to be the smartest one in the room and everything has to be, you know, we got to get the next play, right? You know, we got to call it before it happens. What happened to just calling the game? What, what what happened to just give me a, a good broadcast where you tell me what happens and you're talking me through the game, right? That, that I can just, I can just, I don't have to have you on, right? If I understand football, I should be able to mute the television and and watch the game and see what's happening and understand it. I shouldn't, the, the, the commentary should be for people who are casual observers of the game. I don't want to have to listen to what you're saying. So the game is too complicated. Right, you have you have overcomplicated the game, and you've given me announcers who are so egotistical that they have to tell me what's going to happen next. You don't need to predict the future to me. 
right? I can I can have reasonable beliefs and assumptions about what I think is coming based on the, on the situation and what I know about the game, but I don't need you to predict the future to me. I don't need you to tell me what's coming when they line up. Let me watch the game. Let me enjoy the game. Then I don't need to hear you huff and puff about how smart you are. I don't need that. I don't want it. I'm done with it. I'll, pres- I'll, I'll co-sign on all of that, and I will also agree with you on the Monday morning guys. Robert Griffin III, Emmanuel Acho, uh, Rex Ryan, Dan Orle, just go away. All of just, you can, can just we, go can just can go just away. Just put a bullet in ESPN. Just stop just, all just, of just, it. FS1, ESPN, just stop it. Stop, just stop. Everybody, the, you guys the 24 are hour, The 24-hour news cycle in general is terrible, but it's particularly bad with sports. Right, it's so bad with sports because if you have no news, it devolves into a take fest where ninety nine percent of the stuff is wrong. Can we just go back to reruns of Sports Center, or reruns of World's Strongest Man? Can we just do that? Uh, that'd be so much better. Let's, Zach, let's re- I watched a lot of World's Strongest Man. I did too. A lot of World's Strongest Man. A lot can of we, uh, a lot of Ken, the, a lot of Ken Patera. Can we get the PBR bowling back? I'm all for bowling. Yes, let's do more bowling. Uh, give me, give me the the professional dart throwers. I want to watch some Ronnie O'Sullivan play some snooker. You know what I? You know that's. You know what I loved? I loved pool. The, give me the the Black Widow. Jeanette Black Lee. Widow. Yes, I was gonna say. Oh that. God, yes. Give me the Black Widow. Jeanette Lee and Allison Fisher. Give me a hundred times. I want all of that. Give all of that back to me. That's my life. There. I want that. Zach, give me another airing of grievance. I've got I got some problems with the NFL schedule makers. Uh, we don't need to go to Brazil. We don't need six games in Europe. the The process right now of like the you know we we just moved a we're moving a is it a Thursday night game we're moving or a Monday night game we're moving next week? I think it was the Monday night game. Monday night. Yeah, like, that's terrible. Night. Like that is such a bad precedent to set for people who buy tickets and don't live 10 minutes from the stadium. I there's there needs to be some consideration made, I think, of this we're we're oversaturating. You know, we've talked about it last week. There's not a lot of juice in some of this stuff. And and if you're going to play 17 games like I think they've got to figure out like a neutral site or a different plan for some of this because sending one you know two teams to Brazil is just like it, it's just dumb it, it it's so dumb and I think we need we need uh, to rethink how we're doing the schedule in the NFL there has to come a time both guys were isn't it enough money like, honestly, how much is it? How much is enough? Like, how much do you need to squeeze out of your fans? How much do you need to keep dicking around your fans? How long do you need to keep dicking around your TV part? You know, the people who have to spend $500 on game, on uh, Sunday ticket, you know, just at the expense again, they're asking people at, they're just continuing to shove it up the ass of NFL fans. Hey, you know, watch this garbage from, from Brazil. Watch this garbage from Germany. Hey, it's still going to be $1,500 for a PSL, $2,500 for a PSL. It just feels ridiculous. And the 17 games, you're right, Zach. Let's just say that in general. I think everybody was good. Nobody needed 17 games. I I'm, I don't believe that that has that made the product better. Can no, we a- I, ask ourselves I that? It's made it worse because much worse. Like, I mean, we've talked about some of the injury stuff, right? And there's more chance for injury, but also we have 
right now, like if you're looking at some of these these playoff races, right? Like I think there's I saw there's only like six teams eliminated right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which they're gonna say that's great, that's great, right? But my counter to that is is like I have zero interest in really the bottom half of the NFC playoff race. Mm-hmm. And and that's because of that's because of 17 games and seven playoff teams. You know, Correct. and like I do I care if the Rams or the Saints or the Falcons, you know, get in? I I don't. I really don't. The only the only way I like have any interest in the 2 versus 7 game is if Green Bay gets in. Would you right. stop playing fantasy football if it went to 18 games in 20 weeks? I'd, I'd consider it. Like, I'd almost say that's the end of the line for me. I think 18, 18 games in 20 weeks, which is what I think this is going to, uh, feels like an absolute slog. And there's, I don't know if there's any way we could do that. I think, I think you'd have to look at when the bye weeks lined up and just say, we're going to be done a few weeks. We're not playing to week 20. We're playing to week 16 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yep. yeah, I, I think there's, there's, they're real. They're, I mean, they don't think they're getting close to killing the golden goose and I don't think they're going to kill it either, but they're definitely devaluing it right now. I would love to see them. They have 18 weeks right now. Stay with the 18 weeks, cut it back to 16 games and have two buys. Like I feel like then they get their money cause they get the extra week of revenue you still get all of that extra stuff you would have got with 17. Because, by the way, you're not you're not guaranteed you're getting the other game of, of revenue anyway. You're going to be in Brazil. You're going to be in Germany. You're going to be in all these other places. So who cares? Just play 16 games. And stop with the Germany stuff. Nobody gives a shit. Like, no, the Germans don't care. Like, honestly, they, they don't care. The Europeans, they're, that's fine, but they don't care. You could stop going there tomorrow and they'd be okay. Like, they would be totally fine. Um, and that's why the idea of putting a team there makes like just less than zero sense. I know they posture it, but it'll never happen. It'll just never happen. Um, and, and, and it really shouldn't quite frankly, it just shouldn't. I feel, I feel like they need that threat so that they can leverage some of these cities for stadiums and things. Yeah. Right. Cause they're running out of viable. Yeah. Right. Big time U S cities. It's true. It's bullshit too, though. They don't need to. It's just I don't know. You're right. Will you never know if they'll expand or whatever? But it does suck. Uh, any other grievances, uh, Ryan, Zach, that you want to get out? I want to have, you, I have a grievance with the city of St. Paul. You want to save that for Dad Talk? Yeah, we can wait. Let's save That's that fine. one for Dad Talk. And Ryan's got McDo- Zach's got McDonald's on Dad Talk tonight, so that we'll save those. We'll re- we'll resume our airing of grievances when we get to Dad Talk. Uh, and uh, we'll take it from there. So we'll continue the Festivus there. lot to get to. Uh, that was a good airing of grievances. Now we'll move to feats of strength, and we're going to eliminate somebody. Uh, this is the time of the podcast where we take a team, we throw them out. Uh, every week we eliminate one team, and uh, we've yet to get it 100% right. We're, ho- we're still got a chance at it this year, although every week it seems to get a little weirder. If the playoffs started today, we would have it right. That is the Rams. The Rams would hose us. Oh, that's they? right. The Rams are in now. The Rams they? would hose us right now. Yes. So here's who was eliminated again. For those of you scoring at home, the Arizona Cardinals, Houston Texans, Chicago Bears, Denver Broncos, New England Patriots, Green Bay Packers, 
Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers, New York Jets, New York Giants, Carolina Panthers, Los Angeles Rams, Tennessee Titans, Washington Cobra Commanders. Starting to get down to the nitty-gritty. We're going to have to eliminate a team that's only a game out no matter yep. what here. This I think is where the gambles come in. Yep. I think there's two teams to talk about, right? First one, and it feels like the one that makes the most sense, is Pittsburgh. Um, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. They have to play Cincinnati this week. Where And they're still the fourth-place team out of four. So somewhere they got to leapfrog somebody in their own division and, you know, maybe get some help across the board as opposed to Atlanta, who's the the, the NFC nominee, who's still just really a, a game out of the playoffs. But My, they're six and eight. I, so, I think it has to be Pittsburgh only because they lose the tiebreakers to Indy, Jacksonville, and Houston. My, and my, Cleveland. My only concern with that, because I, I that's what I thought too Saturday night, that this was a done deal for them. But my when the more I looked at it, I realized, you know, if we do that, we are down to eight teams in the AFC. Mm. Right? right? We, we have, have to get it right. Basically. We have the seven current teams <clears throat> and the Bills. And we'd have yeah. eliminated everywhere else. I think if you eliminate the Falcons, we still have other options. I don't know. Like it, it makes it I, tough. Like I guess we're, I guess we're pretty much in a similar boat in the NFC if we do that. Yeah, but do you trust the Falcons to get over the Bucks or the or the Saints at this point with Desmond Ritter? I don't know, but the thing is, they might only have to get over one of them. Like, because we don't know what. I mean, the Rams. The Rams, the Rams played, actually look like good. The Rams actually look good right now. I'd know, be scared they, to play the Rams. But two of their last three, they play the Saints, who you know are right there with them, and they also have the 49ers. You know, and and we don't know how much that last game will mean to the 49ers, but I also think it, we the the tiebreaker situation in the NFC is so much messier than the tiebreaker situation in in the AFC right now as it pertains to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has loses the tiebreakers to uh, Cleveland, Indy, Houston, and Jacksonville, and I think I think Denver too. All right, do it. Do the Steelers. So, there, Denver, Denver, and Denver and Houston are really the only two teams that can screw us in the AFC right now. Yeah, they've lost four out of five to bad quarterbacks. Kick them out. All right, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin. Potentially on the hot seat. You're out. You have been eliminated. That does now that we need the Bills to catch fire. Like the Bill and the Bills have a chance, but the Bills have to catch fire and make sure that they eliminate all these other teams and keep them all out of it. Uh for this to really work our way. Well, you play like they have the last couple of weeks, and it's gonna be a pretty good game. A pretty good couple of Well, the of current weeks seven teams we have are, that are playoff teams we have available. So Yep. So yeah. that's that. And the Bills as an as a buffer right now. So we need the NFC guys to figure it out. We need we need those teams to get going. Vikings got to hang on and they got to get in. That's number one. Um, and then we need, um, like we need Atlanta. We need New Orleans to get it figured out. We need New Orleans to get in and be that last team. You, you need what you need is you need the Bucks to win out. The Bucks need to win the the uh, the NFC South. And the and, Saints got to get in. And the Saints on, on, the wild card would be nice. Yes. Right. So the the Saints the Saints are, are who you want in that seven spot, but 
if if we're going to have this right in the NFC, for the Vikings to hold on, we basically need the the Bucks to win out. We don't Correct. think we have Seattle, right? We haven't eliminated Seattle. No, we have right. not eliminated Seattle yet. So we've got some choices there. And but how I is Seattle doing right now? They're they're down. I think they're down seven points Ooh. at the half. Should we have considered Seattle? No. No, we're not ready to consider no, Seattle. Yet? I would I would eliminate Atlanta before Seattle. Okay, that's fair. All right, that's fair. So we're staying with Pittsburgh. Yep. Okay, I like it. All right, let's get to the power rankings. Uh, power rankings may not change a ton at the top. I feel like those are going to be fairly consistent. Um, but let's go with number five. Uh, I started last week. I think I began things. Zach, let's begin with you. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, my my fifth team, I, I kind of went back and forth with a couple different options, but I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I think at, Miami. Yep. At 10 and four. Um, I still wish they had a couple more better wins, but I guess they haven't had the losses that like, you know, the chiefs, the Jaguars, the lions have had in recent. So I'm going to keep them at five. Fair enough. Ryan. Uh, my number five team right now is the, uh, the Detroit lions playing their work their way back into my five here. Uh, can't drop any more. Right. I don't, if you want to keep your seating, if you want to have a shot at, uh, uh, you know, playing a good game here in the playoffs, I'm, you got to do well, but I'm, I'm going to take, keep them at five. They're playing. All right. There was a good game on Saturday. On I mean, Saturday at night, this point so. though, they're not going to slide below the three seed. No, but I don't know if, you know, I don't know if you, do you want the three seed if you're them right now? Well, who would you get around? You'd get, um, you'd get the Vikings. You'd get the Vikings. That doesn't scare me. If you get Nick Mullins on your home field, if, if although you'd have to play them three times spot. in four weeks, or you'd have to play them three times in four weeks, which does suck too. Also, if you're the Lions. There's it's, another... I, I think, I think the the fear if you're Detroit, rolling the dice on an aggressive team that feels like they got nothing to lose. I mean, that's you just you, wanna... you just want to shit on this Lions team so bad. No, you want I, I'm them saying, to lose. I'm saying, listen to me. I'm saying that the the issue with them is which Jared Goff are you going to get? Right, because the games where they where they win, he's playing lights out. He, like he 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 does really well. Like this 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 week, he started slow. We started to wonder if we're going to get the the bad game out of Jared Goff, and he found it. But against the Bears, I mean, he was throwing up subway sandwiches, right? It was better question is better question is what Vikings quarterback are you going to get? My number five feels like a team of destiny. I, I don't think that on paper they're better than Miami or Detroit, but I had them at five last week and they win on a hail Mary that they should have lost. Like Darnell Mooney had it in his hands and he kicks it into the Browns player at the end. I got to take Cleveland. They just seem to find a way. They've fallen behind in these games. And miraculously, just through all the miracle things, they find a way to win. Defensively, they're still very good. Defensively, they're still really good and dangerous. And the Joe Flacco effect, I don't know what it is, but they're just, it's a miracle right now. A festivus miracle that they continue to keep winning the way that they do. And they might be a team of destiny. I tell you this, I don't want to play them in round one. So I got I got Cleveland at five. I'll go four in the snake. Um, I'm going to put Kansas City back in. I don't like it, but I think in the end, I got to take upright quarterbacks and Mahomes is upright. Um, at the end of the season, this really truly might be about attrition. 
and who survives. And as long as Mahomes stays on the field, you have to think they're one of the four best teams because there's just not four better quarterbacks, right? There's just, it's hard to imagine there's going to be four upright guys at the end. It's really a last man standing match. And so I'll take Kansas City. Um, it's clear that Kadarius Tony's worn out as welcome. It does seem like there's a lot of discord there, but um, I don't know. Uh, I got to take him at four for now because I'm, I'm not sure there's a lot of teams in the AFC other than Baltimore who can beat him. I, I just worry about them having to go on the road. Me too. But uh, I have Philadelphia at four. Oh. They, uh, you know, I, I, I moved them down last week after, you know, they kind of hit their rough patch. Um, they're playing okay right now, but I still have them at four. Very good. I like that. Ryan, four? Who do you have? Uh, my number four team is also Philadelphia. Um, they're my they're three. Kinda, they're in a prove-it spot for me. Uh, I, they're a really good team, but really good teams can lose too. And, you know, we see that in the NFL often. Uh, they feel like they're a, a worn-out squad. They've played deep the last few years, uh, and, and it's starting to feel like that this team's showing their wear a little bit. Now, that might be a little unfair to say because I know everybody's sick right now on that on that team. Um, but even still like that's they're they don't look as crisp as San Francisco does. Well, maybe they need uh, to put big Dom season. back on the sidelines. Maybe that'll be the key. Yeah, I'm sure that'll him out there. That'll, that'll take care of him. He's, uh, he's, he's going to suspend it through the regular season. That is true. That'll teach him, but he can be there for the playoffs. Oh, big Dom secret weapon. Um, say I have, I have Philly at three. So Zach, why don't you give us three? I, I have the Cowboys at three. Even though, even though they lost this week and did not look good doing so, they did just pump Philly. Um, and so, you know, I, I've got Dallas ahead of them right now. I think Dallas is better. It's not bad. I, I haven't seen it on the road yet. And the problem is they're going to be the five seed. And they're going to have to play on the road no matter what in round one. So that's a little bit scary to think about. But they do have the wins. It's interesting to think about. And it could just be an admiration. You never know. Three for you, Ryan. Uh, my three is also the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not so convinced they win the di- they don't win the division. Um, Philadelphia is in a dogfight now. It's tied at ten against C- the Seahawks. Uh, we just talked about how you know Phillies look kind of shaky and they can lose games like this. They, I mean, they, they have had a tough schedule. They lose the tiebreakers to to Dallas, and if Dallas wins out, I mean, we could be looking at a Dallas you know a Dallas uh, two seed here and. You know, they get to play most of their home games at home. If someone can get lucky and knock San Francisco off on the road, I don't know. Dallas has to go to Miami next week. That'll be a very interesting one to watch. Dallas on the road at Miami. It's one of those things where something's got to give because Dallas isn't good on the road and Miami hasn't beaten anybody of substance. So it's kind of like something's got to give in that game next week. So we'll have to see that one. But I'm curious to see that game. Can we all agree about Baltimore and San Francisco? Yeah, Baltimore at two, San Francisco at one. That's yep. correct. Yeah, that's where we got it too. Those did, seem like the two best teams. I did find it remarkable last night when they said that Baltimore has led at the two minute warning of every game this year. Yep. Yes, they they've blown games. They literally could be undefeated. Yeah. You know, you know, and everybody loses one, but they've lost three games at the horn, basically that they should have won. Well, and that's so, I talked about that a few weeks in a row where you know that's my concern with Baltimore is they just don't seem to have the ability to put a team away. They lost Mitchell too last night, their hot shot young running back that they liked a lot. And you just, again, injuries at that back position. Gus Edwards has been really solid for them, but I think they liked what they were getting out of Keaton Mitchell. I think they dug his speed and his ability to break plays. And 
Um, a nice, nice game by my guy Odell Beckham last night. That was sweet. So awesome. Good game there. What do you get? One catch. That was sweet. Um, all right. There's our power ranking. San Francisco, I think for like the fourth or fifth week in a row is the number one team in our power rankings unanimously. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. All right. Back to Festivus with Dad Talk. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Time for Dad Talk, the airing of grievances edition. Um, Ryan, you had some things to say about the city of St. Paul. I'll give you the floor. Go ahead and give us a start. Thank you. Um, Last night, Lauren and I went to the uh, Glow Festival at CHS Field. It's a, it's a Christmas lights thing at the baseball. Used to be park. at the State Fair. Sure. Yep. It's great. It was fun. We we enjoyed our time there. Kieran really liked the lights. It was great. That's not my gripe. My gripe is that the parking downtown, especially in that part of downtown, is so egregiously sparse. Why would you plan to have the Glow Festival and the European Christmas Market at the same goddamn time? (laughs) I drove around for, I'm not kidding you, 30 minutes looking for a parking spot. Okay. And I, I... I thought I found one. I have this lot that I usually go to and it's, it's kind of tucked away. I don't know a whole lot of people who know that it's there. And I went and I got there and it's full. The one next to it was full. The one down the road was full. The ones across the street were full. I had to go, I think five blocks away and pay $25 for parking. Can we figure this out? So are you suggesting that they should hold the Christmas lights festival or the Christmas German festival in the summer then? Because you don't want them at the same time? I, I put them somewhere else. Not across the street from each other. I did now, have a lot we, of people who told me that when it was at the state fair, it was way more convenient because there was just more parking at the state fairgrounds. God, I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> it's almost like it's a venue that's designed for large get-togethers with a lot of cars from all over the state. I wonder if maybe that has something to do with it. And because we go to St. Paul and there's no transit, I can't get down there with the kid. God forbid I want to take a goddamn light rail somewhere and utilize the nice transit in the in this in this twin cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. But no, I got to take my fucking car down to St. Paul, r- almost run somebody over. Here's, here's the worst part. Here's what set me off. Here's the, here's the part that, that made me spiral. We were... We were waiting to get out of a parking lot that was full. I was trying to turn left and this woman's pulling into the, into the parking lot and she looks at me, rolls down her window, goes like this and says, stop to me, directing me on where to go. I have the right of way, just so we're clear. She has a stop sign. I do not. She holds up a uh, hand and says, stop and tells me to let her go. I almost got out of my car. I almost got out of my car to make matters worse. I get out of the parking lot. Finally, after this bitch cuts me off and tells me to stop, tells me what to do in my goddamn car. Like she's a traffic cop. I, I was ready to kill somebody and I turn the corner, right? I get back onto Kellogg and I'm headed back toward the, you know, the heart of downtown trying to find a parking spot. And we're, we get to this, this stoplight and it's green. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. 
But walking through the crosswalk is this stupid woman and her friend. Who Boy, this who, feels like you're going to get canceled here. A lot of misogynistic talk who, here. A lot of who, stuff. Who are not. The, there's a red. The, the sign says this. You stop. Right. I have a green light. It has turned green. I my foot is on the gas. You are standing in front of me and they're just walking. And all of a sudden she just stops, turns and looks at her friend and stands in front of my car. We're burning daylight here. All right. I got to get to where I want to go. I have a kid in the back who's screaming. I've got a wife who's already pissed off at me because I took too long to get ready and we were already late. And now you're standing in front of my car. All right. And then Lauren honks the horn because she's pissed off. I'm pissed off. A steam coming out of my ears at this point. So this woman turns, this woman who stopped in front of my car in a green light and flips us off. You don't understand the liberals in the city, Ryan. You better understand that real fast. Like they run everything. You don't get to just I, the shots. I Was am so woman? lucky. No, different, different woman, woman, right? Wow. Different woman. I am. I am so lucky that my wife is not in jail tonight. <laughs> Because she almost got out of the car. <laughs> the levels to which this city has broken. I hate driving in St. Paul. I hate it. I already hate it. I've hated it for years. Minneapolis, superior city to drive in. It's just better. A grid system makes sense. St. Paul was designed by a drunk man on a horse. There is simply no way. The entire city of St. Paul is, 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 is just like structurally inferior. Like culturally, it's great. I love St. Paul, but it's nowhere near how good Minneapolis is. That's I've never had an issue in St. Paul. I'm, I don't go to St. Paul very often. You know, and by the way, I have to I have to check you on the nice transit system. Our transit system's freaking terrible. Come the light on, rail's dude. great. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. The light rail's great. Look at every other major city's railway system and tell me that ours is anywhere in the ballpark of theirs. They Anywhere have, in the ball. They have decades of development on theirs. Eh, I was just one decade. Half-assed. Half-assed at best. And two I decades. Love North, I love the North Star. Yeah, pass. It's no good. It's, it's never it's running. It never runs. And there's people in there taking a piss every two minutes. You don't get to, you know, it's it's just, it's not an enjoyable experience. There's probably more urine in those cars than there are people. <laughs> just saying. Tim, when was the last time you went downtown? I go downtown. What are you talking about? I was downtown for, I was just downtown actually. That was 2017. No, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Get over yourself. Come on now. Anyway, uh, that's not bad, Ryan. That's pretty good story. I do agree with you. I don't go, I don't like to, I don't when we, me and Carrie were going to go to the CHS field one last year. And again, it was like, it was just better at the fair. It was just easier. I don't know why they felt the need to change it. I mean, I'm sure it's cool at the ballpark. I'm sure it's really cool, but might've been just as cool at the fairgrounds for half the price. Costs $60 too. Oh, $60 to look at lights. You got it. You, maybe you should start drinking. Yeah, maybe I should. That's not a bad idea. Can you just drive by on 52? Yeah, I would have just done that. I'd have been like, take a look at that for free, everybody. You can look in the stadium over 52. (laughs) Light up the night. You don't need anything more. Uh, Zach, you have an airing of grievance about one of our favorite restaurants or favorite fast food places. I'd like to hear your thoughts. You know, I don't know if it's so much an airing of grievances as just like, I feel like we have lost something with McDonald's, like a piece of our, our childhood. It's just, I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel the same anymore. So 
Thursday night, uh, Caitlin went to do some craft thing with her mom. So I got the two little guys by myself. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm basically just trying to run out the clock, right? Like, let's get to bedtime. <laughs> he goes into the Brian Flores defensive yep. parenting. And so I'm like, Peter, are you just kneeling till the episode's over? Well, I'm just like, I'm like, hey, I'm like, guys, like, how about we go to McDonald's, can play in the play place, and we'll have dinner, right? So they're fired up. Heck yeah. And so we we get there. And and the first thing, right, you have to order from a kiosk now. Yeah, it sucks. Right? There's nobody up at the at the counter taking your order, which like I'm not trained to use the kiosk. So it takes me a long time to get my order. And right, so that's that's step one. So so then we go into the the play place, which you know, like the play place just is not remember when we had outdoor playgrounds? Yeah, it was the best. At McDonald's and it you know, and obviously they went to the indoor ones because well, we went to bed at the outdoor play place on Thursday night, probably in December in Minnesota. Yep, makes sense. But it's it's just it, you know, there's there's one slide there's one way up, you know, there's just, there's just not a lot to it, I guess. So I just felt like there was something missing there. Something about riding on the Hamburglar, you know, or Grimace outside back in the day felt right. So then something about Grimace felt right. So the kids are playing and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and finally I'm like, you know, like I look at my watch and I'm like, it's been 13 minutes, right? Which seems like what happened to the fast in fast food? (laughs) <laughs> right 13 minutes you know and so i i start to get up because i'm like i'm you know and i go over and i actually told the boys i'm like hey like i'm gonna go find your food i'll be right back and then as i was walking to like the door of the play place i see someone coming with their food so it got there in in a, it was 14 15 minutes which was a lot then i look you know they didn't bring my beverage so I'm like, oh, I'm missing my soda, you know. Just, Aren't oh, you supposed to get right, it yourself? I'll, I'll be right back. Well, no, she comes back then with the empty cup. Yep, and then you got to go do it. Right, so I got to go do it, which, like, whatever. But then my grape is I go back to the ordering on the kiosk, and it makes me pick my soda. It asks me how much ice I want in it. Like, why do I have to fill all that out if you're just going to give me the empty cup anyway? It's true. You know. That so, doesn't feel right. And 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 the time delay, like the place was not packed. It wasn't busy at all, to be honest. There were two other, uh, there were two moms with kids in the play place, and when we got there, and they left, and two other dads came in with kids before we had left. But that was about it for the whole restaurant, <clears throat> you know. And I, and I looked outside because it's right next to the drive-through. There weren't a ton of people coming through. Yeah. So I don't know what's taking so long. Plus, you should have an extra employee back there working, right? Because they're not running the register. That's the theory, right? The theory is that it should be all about service at this point, since you don't have to hire the people to man the register. Well, let, let's be honest. That's That goes back to the, we want $15 an hour. That, 100% that does. And where, wherever, you fall, back to that. wherever you fall on that, like this is a repercussion of that. Right. Yes. We no longer are going to pay someone fifteen dollars an hour. You know, if you're you want to eat here, you can stand at the kiosk then. 
So <clears throat> overall, like, you know, and then we're eating and it's like the food wasn't great. You know, I'm like, it just, the boy, the boys open their happy meals. The toy is, it's like a little tin and you open up the tin and there's a piece of paper that folds out and it's a tic-tac-toe board. And there's like nine little circles you can punch out. Like, you know, five of them are one character and four of them are another character. I'm like, really? We're given like a paper tic-tac-toe? That's your toy? They have the adult Happy Meal back, the Kerwin Frost boxes, where you can get those 80s nuggets because they love the nostalgia with the old people. You could have just said, give me that. Give my kid a nugget, a, a nostalgia nugget. Yes, give me that. Give me the Kerwin Frost box. Because guess what? In in 15 years, you're not going to get to do a nostalgia punch out paper circles to play tic-tac-toe board. That is true. You know, that is true. Nobody's going to, this is where it comes back to Zach. You make a good point. Nobody is going to, in 20 years long for these times. Yes. Yeah. Like, that, that's, nobody that's is going gonna, to do that. Yeah. And so I just thought like overall, like, you know, in the end, kids had fun. They ran, you know, we, we burned some energy. We killed some time. We had dinner. It wasn't terribly expensive, which I think it can be, but it's also not cheap. You know, and I think part of that is like we talked about with if you have the app or you're you can find a deal on there or a coupon and use it at the kiosk and whatnot. But it was just frustrating overall because I was kind of like, we're this this isn't my kids don't ask to go to McDonald's, right? And I think we yep. did. And I don't I don't ever remember. I thought, well, maybe this is an age thing, right? Maybe we're like I'm forty now and. Like I'm just grumpy about it, but I, yeah, I these are the I, guys that are in there now. Yeah, I remember like, my the dad, adult my dad was fine with going for fast food. His just thing was always he wanted to he would wanted to eat there. He didn't want to do the drive through because he didn't want to take it home and drive ten minutes. And then your food's cold and whatever. I understand that, but I don't know. I just thought something was missing. And then to cap it off, Sunday morning, I'm on my way to do hitting lessons. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna buzz through the drive through here because I got a few minutes. Right. So I do the app, right? Because you can hit up the, the breakfast sandwich deal is two bucks. For two bucks. Yeah. You can't beat that. So I go through the drive through in Elk River and I pull up, and the lady starts to hand me the bag of food and then stops, like pulls it back and goes, You had the, Mc, the sausage McGriddle, right? I'm like, Yep. So she hands me the bag, hands me my pop. I head down the road. Right, I start opening my sandwich, and I'm like, "This is a McMuffin." Oh, which but I love a McMuffin. Which, which yep. okay, so grand scheme of things, like I order a variety of things there. I don't have like one bread. Like I will order yep. a sausage McMuffin. Yep, I like a sausage. So I'm McMuffin. like, all right, like not a big deal. And even in my head, then right, this has been a few minutes since our conversation at the window. I'm like, maybe I did order a McMuffin, right? Maybe I, I can't, you know, whatever. Well, I bite into it, and I'm like. This is a ham McMuffin. Oh, nobody would order that. Right. So I'm like, gross, you know? Gross. And then, and I'm like, and the lady just, at, but I'm the like, fuck I orders swear. a ham? Nobody orders that. Well, that's, that's what I was terrible. Like, I swear she just asked me if I had the sausage McGriddle, <laughs> right? So then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, maybe in my head I go, maybe there's still a sausage McGriddle in the bag, right? Because the bag's over on the passenger seat. And I reach in and I'm like, oh, bingo, a second sandwich, right? And I only ordered one. But I'm like, maybe I just accidentally got a second sandwich put in my bag. And I pull it out. Oh, this one's a sausage biscuit. 
It's better, but no, it needs the cheese and the egg. Yeah. Well, so so now I'm driving down the road. I'm pulling the ham off the McMuffin, grabbing the sausage from the biscuit, adding it to the McMuffin. <laughs> and but and my my thing there too is like going back to it, like like you know, hey, we want fifteen dollar wages for doing these jobs. Like you got to get my order right. You do. You got to get, get it order. right. You got to put the sauces in there. And Ryan, you probably haven't hit this stage yet, but you will soon. When you go for fast food and the order is messed up, even if it's not what you ordered is messed up, right? Your kids orders messed up. Like their food comes out of your, you, you supplement what they're missing, right? Your kid says, oh, I'm missing a cheeseburger. You're like, well, you can have my, McDouble, fish sandwich or, or whatever you, yep. you can have my fries or whatever like you have to give it up as as dad like that's your yep. job you you give up what's missing so it just i don't know mcdonald's is not what it used to be and it was kind of disappointing can, can i run you through the deals real quick ryan because you don't have the app i just want to tell I, you what's out there right now can i just build on that real quick before we jump to the deals so, yeah go ahead i am i'm obviously a pro 15 dollar guy right Big i want to see, yeah. see people get paid and not in the city of saint st paul though not there though you don't want them to get paid there that's not what i'm saying I, I, i'm not saying that no, get, I paid. that. get paid here's the thing if you're a company and you're going to tell me that oh you're 15 an hour employees that's why we we have to raise all these prices i better see some fucking employees in your store right that's true if i'm, if I'm ordering from a kiosk and you're jacking up prices I'm going to think something's up. And you know what? I'm seeing kiosks and you're jacking up prices. And here's here's the rub for me. I told this to Tim earlier today when he and I were talking. But we went to Taco Bell last night after after we were coming home from the uh, from the, the Glow Festival. And we got – Lauren, Lauren is, is a person whose order doesn't change, right? She knows what she likes. She gets what she likes. She's gotten the same thing for, for the, the 15 years that we've been together. It's a chicken quesadilla with cinnamon twists, soft shell taco, and a drink. Right. That's that's her her Taco Bell order has not changed. My Taco Bell order has changed a little bit, but it's not that much different. Right. Two chili cheese burritos. Sometimes I'll get a uh, cheesy gordita crunch and a soft shell taco with a drink. That meal five years ago was fifteen dollars. I paid twenty five dollars for it yesterday. I know for a fact that it's not $15 more expensive to or $10 more expensive to make, right? It's not $10 more expensive to make those, the, that food. Where's the cost? Why, why, how, why should I continue to pay this much for this food? Like it doesn't make it. It's not better. The food's not better. The only pl- fast food place I would say that has gotten better over the last five years has been Burger King. I don't even and know if I'd go that far. I, I think Burger King's way better than they were five years ago. Certainly 10 years ago. They're great. I like Burger King. But like McDonald's, Taco Bell, Subway? Subway's been terrible. Subway's terrible. Subway's the Hanes way. seems to always have a and, line out the door. And Chick-fil-A and, does too. Those and, guys always seem to have figured out. And it's Wendy's. Ooh, Wendy's. Wendy's is good too. I'll Wendy's give you Wendy's. Yeah, I'll give you Wendy's. The, $5 biggie bag or whatever. The, the, the rub for me is twofold. It costs too much. And, and the service hasn't gotten better is the other part of that. The quality of the but food hasn't gotten the, better. That's that's what I'm saying. The, the food is worse. The service is worse. 
So I'm paying more for way less. And, and that bothers me. It, it really bothers me because it's not only is this current crop of, of fast food workers getting paid better than I ever did. They're getting paid roughly double what I got paid when I worked fast food more in a lot of cases. Because and they still I, shit I, on you. They still don't think I, that they're getting paid enough. They still don't think it's enough. They don't look, want it. If, if you want to tell me it's not enough, that's for you to decide. You're the, it's your job, right? But, but if, if you're going to tell me I deserve more than $15 an hour, okay, I'll, I'll listen to that. I'm, I'm on your side, right? I'm pro-labor. You, know, you do your thing. My order better be correct. And you better give a shit about making sure my order is correct. I don't, want, I don't care if you're happy at your job. I don't care if you enjoy your job. You want more money? You better be able to do your job. After three straight bad Taco Bell experiences, I was out. I said, you guys, I'm not coming back. Sorry. The lady literally asked me and confirmed my order. (laughs) That's even worse. That's not good. I'm not kidding you. I know know people listening can't see it, but like she extended her arm with the bag (laughs) and was like, what? Like you had the McGriddle, right? Don't hurt your elbow. Don't hurt your elbow as you do this. Okay. Whoop. Give it back. (laughs) I, I just am, am I off base here? Like, it, no, you're just, not. Just, this get is... it, just get it right. Like we ordered, we ordered pot belly, right? And, and pot belly is our mainstay, right? It's our go-to. It's, it is, it is, that is where we go when we can't decide what we want to have for dinner. They're lucky to have you. And because nobody it's, fucking goes to pot belly. It's, it's, it's Lauren's, very, Lauren's favorite. I do like it, but nobody's it's, there. It's Lauren's favorite sandwich spot. So that's where we go. She gets the chicken salad sandwich on white with lettuce and pickle. Has not changed since we started dating. All right. I know her order back of my hand. She gets sandwiches from Potbelly that are just lettuce. <laughs> we'll get we'll get a, we'll get her chicken salad sandwich and it'll be just lettuce. No pickle. So you went through the trouble of reading it, seeing it needed lettuce, not putting any chicken salad on it, not even putting the pickle on it, which is the other added thing at the end of the line. That they're not putting on it. It's yeah. just lettuce. So are, how, my question is, how are you ordering that? Are you through an app or online or through an usually through the Potbelly app? So do you, do you think that that's a an, like an error somewhere in the app? Because like we we did it once. We ordered um we ordered food at work um through what or DoorDash or something. We did Chipotle one time, and one of the women ordered a burrito bowl. Like, and she just wanted, like, I just want chicken and lettuce or whatever, right? And she literally got a bowl full of lettuce. But then we went back and looked, and it's like, no, you you clicked wrong. You didn't click a meat. And then that's, you literally. Maybe there's it. just too many steps. Like, maybe there's just weird. It's weird, but. The, the thing and, with the Potbelly app is you have to remove the chicken salad if you want the chicken salad off. It automatically comes clicked. That, that's, yeah, that it's, seems odd to me. The, I, I, the amount of issues that we, we don't use DoorDash anymore. Right. I wouldn't we use it, it anyway. We, it's a horrible company. We used it all the way through the pandemic because it was like, you know, it's it's a good way to get quick food. We don't want to go out and get it. You know, after after Kieran was born, we were ordering in all the time because you know, she's too exhausted. I'm too exhausted to cook. Like, let's just, we're just going to order dinner. The amount of problems that we've had on that app, not just with food quality and arriving incorrectly. Well, they're just assholes like, in general. The service is terrible. They, they have, I've had more than three meals stolen. Oh, by, 100%. by dashers. I, and I, I, it's, I simply it's, won't do it again. It's crazy to me when you're like, okay, so 
at McDonald's, this item is $5, but if you order it on DoorDash, it's now 6 And we're also going to charge you a delivery fee. And you need to tip. And a tip. And we're, like, like they're, they're jacking up the price already before they add those other things. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. We we we've gone away from it at work. Um, we used to do it a couple times a year, just like as a, a group of us. And um, but again, we had bad experience. You know, like we'd or we'd go in at you know, okay, we're on our prep hour at ten o'clock, and we go in and put in the order to be delivered at you know twelve thirty when lunch starts. And all of a sudden, someone from the office will call us and be like, "Hey, it's eleven fifteen. Your meal's here." And we're like, "It's not supposed to be here for another hour and a half." Right. Like, well, and and. The result of DoorDash's existence is so many restaurants have shored up their their pickup game where you know they, it's so much better because of DoorDash. Well, now it's so much more it's so much easier for me just to call a restaurant and say, hey, I want this, this and this. That's, you know, twenty two fifty. You know, I'll, I'll pay it over the phone. I'll come pick it up. I'll be there in 20 minutes. I don't need a dasher to go get it for me. Right. We're not it anymore. I'll save, I'll save the $30 I'm going to spend for your dasher and I'll go get it myself. That's right. That's why I basically only go to two places now. Um, Carrie will still get Chipotle every now and again, but I'll go to, I'll go to Topper's pizza and I'll go to Dom. I'll go to Topper's or Domino's pizza. Cause they're both pretty cheap still. And they offer deals and you can just go get it. Um, and I'll still do McDonald's because again, on the app, Ryan got to get it hard to argue with 29 cent double cheeseburger or six piece chicken nugget when you buy one. Hard to argue with free Big Mac with minimum purchase of $1 because the Vikings scored two touchdowns. My my bigger question there is, is it going to come to me warm? Because I've had that problem multiple times. Pull up in the car, pull up in the car, hit curbside to go. Most of the time, Zach's horror story notwithstanding, every time I've done it, it's been right, and I've gotten it right up my car hot. Okay. Can't argue. I trust you. I trust you. I'm going to trust you on this. I'm gonna, I, I have the app. I just don't use it, so I'm going to start using the app. Give I, it a I try. Would- I was not big on the app. Caitlin always had it and did it. And I think just in the end, like the deals on it have been pretty solid, right? I mean, what got you me can was, turn your got me was the yeah, two dollar breakfast sandwich. Yeah, same. And you can turn it around and the rewards add up quick where you can turn it around for something free. Like a lot. Like I could get a free quarter pounder right now if I wanted to. Not saying I do, but I'm saying I could if I wanted to. So I'm just throwing that out there. My last thing before we leave, because it's been a long pod, we've aired a lot of grievances here tonight. Um, the personal shoppers just kind of on the same vein, we got to get a handle on it. Uh, I was at Walmart the other day and I almost got ran over four times by personal shoppers by the, by the Walmart workers that are walking around in the giant carts, like the big, you know, stacking boxes and boxes and boxes to try to fill orders. And they're doing it at 110 miles an hour. And I have a student who works as one of these shoppers at target. And she's like, you don't understand the pressure that's on us. Like we have to have, you know, the $110 grocery order bagged in 25 minutes. Like it's hard. Like it's really hard to do that. So you have to hustle. And it's like, yeah, but like, do you have to, you're going to kill somebody. Okay. You're going to take out some old grandma doing this. You're talking about like, you go into the app, you make an order. Yep. And then you drive and pick up and they bring it out to your car. They bring it out to yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. Little, little, Cause they also have like the shipped option where someone will like door dash it to your house too. Yep. Correct. But yeah, correct. No, yeah. this is the, this is the, they'll, they're going to shop it for you. You just come by, they'll bring it out to your car. I have, I have never used it. I've never done no, it. No, I've never used it either, but apparently I, it's really popular I and they it. just run you over. Caitlin's done. I it. use it all the time. Do you? The, the, the target shipped, uh, subscription 
is worth its weight in gold. They won't, they won't always have the stuff that we need at target. Right. So that, you know, there's times where I order something and it doesn't come because it's just not there. Right. But they'll text me for, for substitutions if I need, if I need it and they'll deliver it right to my door. I don't have to go to the grocery store if I can't. Right. If I I'm like busy going to the grocery store. That's do, You got to like too. it. Dude. You like seeing it. I, I do too, but it's a, it's an ordeal for me to get out of the house with the kid and, and I'm usually there alone. Right. So if there's a day where he's sick or if I can't get out and we just need to get $50 worth of stuff, I can order it to the house and have it here in an hour. I just think they're insane in the stores. Like I almost got ran over three times because they just dart down these aisles and they got these big things behind them and they're just running at full speed because they have to get these things filled as soon as possible. And like I said, I'm just like, Jesus, I'm dodging and they don't get out of your way. They don't say beep, beep. They don't say on your left. They just come right through you. And they're basically like a train. They're basically, Hey, if you're in the way you're getting run over. Well, that's how this works. Part of the problem at, Walmart is there is no aisle space. You've, That's fair. You've got an aisles that are tight already, and then you've got they just like their their method is like let's just drop a pallet of shit in the middle of it, <laughs> <laughs> and and so there is no way to get around and move around in those stores. It's terrible. I do. This is one of the reasons that I do prefer Target. I prefer Target, but the Walmart was right by our house, and we stopped yeah. there. And even at Super Target, I was down there, and, and that's where one of my students works, and. She was, I mean, again, they're everywhere. The personal shoppers are in every aisle and there's just nowhere to go. They're everywhere. Pretty soon. That's all that's going to be in there is just personal shoppers. They really should just to shop. They should just have warehouses where they can set that stuff up and shop from there. If they're going to do delivery and, and, and that sort of thing, just drop it off at the local Walmart, Walmart, set up, set it up in a locker and notify me when my order's ready. Something to think about. Uh, gentlemen, this was great. Um, we won't talk probably until Christmas time and we got to decide, do we, we're probably not going to do a Christmas pod unless we're all bored on, on Monday night, but next Monday is Christmas. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. We'll, we'll have to do an off air meeting and figure out when we're going to do the next pod. Um, but we will definitely get to that next pod and we hope you join us for that. I'll give you a fantasy football update by then too, when we join, whether I'm in the championship game or not. And I think Ryan's going to take me out in the other league today. So that's a done deal. Uh, but we're off and running. We had a great pod tonight, guys. I really enjoyed hanging out with you. Great time as always. Merry Christmas to you. Happy Festivus. Uh, and same thing to all of our listeners. Another great month of listenership. I really appreciate uh, the people tuning in. Again, big New York listen uh, this month. We had a lot of folks from New York listening in, Colorado, Texas, folks from Japan, Germany. We're getting hookups from all over the place, and it's really fun to see people doing that and uh, continued success. So thank you for everybody for doing that. Once again, you can subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, Apple podcast. We do apologize for the technical issues on the warriors pod on Apple, but those are all fixed. If you go to Podbean, you can listen to it in its entirety and it is good. So please do that. And uh, also again, subscribe, tell a friend uh, and uh, give us a comment, do all those good things. I would appreciate you for doing that Uh, until next time. uh, This is uh, Tim saying for Ryan, for Zach, keep your head up. Happy holidays. We'll see you next time.